0: Well, greetings, everyone. Pastor Bob here, and I'm with one of our sizzling summer speakers, Jack Barsky. Jack is the author of Deep Undercover, His Secret Life and Tangled Assignments as a KG Spy in America. Jack, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. So, Jack, uh, I think like many people, I read your book in one night. We met in Orlando at a Ravi Zacharias event. I heard your story. I picked up the book, and I finished it the next day. And I'm just a sucker for stories of how God brings people to faith. So I'm excited to do this interview today. Uh, I want to begin with uh, the 2015 60 Minutes program you were on. I was able on my app to go back and look at it. And uh, I would think that was your first big expose of your former life. Why don't you tell us about that experience?
1: Uh, yes, it was sort of my, maybe my second, but really big. Uh, what happened was, with, <laughs> it goes right back to how God sort of uh, had an influence my, in my life. I got to, I got to go back a little bit. When, <clears throat> when my son turned eighteen, uh, I sat down with him and my daughter Chelsea, and I told him about this, this, uh, my story. And he said, "Dad, you got to write a book." I said, "Well, I don't know if anybody's interested." He said, "You gotta gotta write a book." So I approached a whole bunch of uh, uh, agents, literary agents, and nobody bit. Nobody. So I figured, "Well, nobody's interested." So, um, and in uh, late two thousand fourteen, and this is gets really into the almost the bizarre, unless you. You understand that God has a ability to arrange things in your life that, that where you're not aware of that. Uh, so in late 2014, I'm married to a Jamaican, and she has a whole bunch of uh, uh, siblings. Uh, her, her father was very busy. And uh, one of those siblings grew up in Germany, and he came to visit the United States. They never met before. And he didn't visit her. He visited somebody who happened to... Uh, live rather close by. He came to, to our house. Uh, I could still talk some German. He asked me, so how did you get here? And I said, I had some help from the government. And he said, which government, the American or uh, or, or the German? And I said, no, the Russian. Mm. So he he said, wow, wow, this is a great story. And he said, I'm going to take that to Germany, and it's going to be big. And I said, yeah, sure. And his name is Richard uh, Richard was a conductor at the railroad at the time, and American agents didn't bite. (laughs) What would he do with a story that nobody's interested in? Um, But he knew somebody who knew somebody who uh, was, is a rather uh, prominent journalist at uh, the news magazine Der Der Spiegel. Uh, And in 2014, later that year, I got my passport so I traveled back to Germany for the first time in 30 some odd years. And I get off the plane in Berlin and I got a microphone in my face. Mm. The, the, the Germans uh, followed me around a little bit. It wasn't a big uh, sort of a deal, but when I, this woman happened to know Steve Croft, uh, she called up Steve Croft and did something that a normal journalist wouldn't do. She gave away uh, a scoop. She said, I, I got a great story for you. I come back to the U.S. and I get a phone call from 60 Minutes producer. That's how it happened. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't volunteer. When I volunteered, God shut down the door. When I <laughs> and, and when I said, okay, it's over, nobody's interested, it came to me.
0: That's usually what he does. I think I share with you uh, earlier that what impressed me about your book is it reminded me of Unbroken, the story of Louis Zamperini, where... Laura Hildebrand, I think, did a fabulous job of really writing his biography where there's no God piece at all to the last 15 pages. And uh, your your response was that's because there was no God in my life for many years.
1: Right. Oh, there was, but I wasn't aware. The, the point is when you look back now, you can, you can look at it and say, wow, aha, that, yeah, I, that wasn't me, that was... That was God already maneuvering things. I give you another example. This may be a, another one of those weird things that I can't explain unless there is a, there is a higher uh, power involved. Uh, I became a Christian eight years ago, and the following year, the pastor of the church had me testify at a church in New Jersey. Uh, that church had three services. That was at Easter close to 2,000 attendees, mm-hmm. that was where, the place where I worked, the, where I lived, where I had my friends. I testified three times and talked about, for the first time in the open, that uh, I had a KGB uh, passed. Nothing got out. No, there were no friends, there were no colleagues, there was no journalist who said, wow, this is an interest. Nothing. It was as if it, the testimony had not happened. It's incredible, <laughs> Jack.
0: The book the book begins with your your being raised in Germany and uh, really under the influence of communism, and it's very difficult for us here in the West because we know liberty and freedom. Um, but you were pretty indoctrinated. I was I was really taken back by your family sitting around listening to the radio announcement in 1953 that Stalin had died, and you know here in the West Stalin was basically what we know now as a terrorist. He killed 25 million of
1: his own people. But not in 53. A lot of, them called him, a lot of Americans still called him Uncle Joe, right?
0: Yeah, and <clears> your <throat> dad, when you asked why this was such a big deal, said he was one of the greatest men in history. You, you bet. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about growing up under that ideology and and the view of the West.
1: Let me start out with the fact that the Americans and the Western allies of uh, uh made some mistakes after world war ii and those mistakes gave gave the russians a huge propaganda victory they uh co-opted some of the old nazis for instance the entire uh espionage organization uh, that under uh, on, on, the, on the hitler that uh, spied on uh, the military in the soviet union was co-opted by the cia interesting uh yeah uh, so anyway, um, the, and, and the other side of the coin was that it is un, undeniable that the only forces in, in the 30s, before Hitler came to power, that f, uh, that fought the Nazis openly and physically were the communists. So there was uh, a lot, lot of uh, material to take to young people and say, hey, listen— we were the we we're, were the Nazi fighters. We're the heirs of the Nazi fighters, yeah. and we're going to fight these evil, bad capitalists. Yeah. And 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 that that made a big impact. And an ideology when uh, it doesn't necessarily have to make sense if it gets preached over and over and over again. As a child, eventually, y- you y- you own this when you don't question it anymore. To me, it was uh, absolutely one hundred percent clear that sometime I would probably still uh, uh, witness that that the world will become a worker's paradise. That mm. was scientifically proven, by the way. Yeah.
0: So w- we would look at Germany as a Christian nation. Luther is from Germany mm-hmm. and the Reformation. You talk about it in your book in the third grade, you had a curiosity about a religious class. Your dad told you it was right. fantasy and fables. You get to high school, and they're not even teaching philosophy. You're just basically getting communist rhetoric. Was there any curiosity about God? Were any seeds of the gospel planted? Had you ever read the Bible? Was there any Christian influence in your life?
1: All right, um, I was maybe eight, nine years old. I was always a curious kid, and I read a lot. So I, uh, I was rummaging in my grandparents' house, and I found the Bible. And I said, what, well, that's... Take a look and read it, and and I read it from page one, two, three, four, five. Genesis. Yeah, yeah. And that's not how you should no. introduce a young person no. to the Bible. Right? And when it got to the point where the genealogy was developed over two and a half pages or so, I said, "Well, that's boring," and I threw it away.
0: You know, it's one. It, it it's one of the incredible experiences of my life because even though I was raised Catholic, I had never read the Bible. One night in a hotel room, I was curious, so I read the book of Revelation and I couldn't understand anything. The day I became a Christian, the letters on the page looked like they were 12 inches high. So, you know, there is a spiritual component and spiritual eye, so that's pretty common. So, there's a chapter called After You Make Your Decision um, to Become a Spy called The Training of a Spy. A lot of us would think of, uh, uh, something like a school for spies, like some TV show. But what was that like?
1: Uh, there was no such thing as a school. It, uh, and I, uh, I have this now uh, from firsthand uh, that I wasn't the exception. Uh, there were a couple of interviews given by very senior KGB officials that confirmed that the way I was trained, all uh, future illegals were trained one-on-one. Listen, I was a Soviet state secret my my existence was you know secret <laughs> and nobody knew my uh, even within the KGB i would say no no more than 3 4 people knew about me and knew my identity so everything was done one on one and and the people most people that i met would introduce themselves with code names i introduced myself with a code name uh no 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 school So when you get to the
0: U.S., you see American culture. Uh, We're not a perfect people, but you see people that go to church. They go to work. They love their kids. There's pop culture. um, There's plenty of food. You you see a picture of the West maybe you aren't familiar with. Did it start to draw you in, and did you start to think, oh, my gosh, maybe there's another side to all of this?
1: Uh, Well— what what I call I call this a decontamination process it was very slow. Uh, in the beginning, uh, I clearly I knew about the wealth. I had I had had a trip to Canada and I was in West West Berlin a couple of times. I knew there was phenomenal wealth in the West. It was part of what attracted me to this this kind of a job too. But what I also knew, which was taught to us over and over again. That America and West Germany are only rich because they take all the wealth out of the third world. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, they stole it. Right. And so for a while, I could, I could, uh, I, I, I could sort of explain that to myself that way. The other thing I got to say in the beginning, I wasn't really well integrated. You know, I was still pretty much by myself. My first job was that of a bike messenger. I really didn't quite know yet what American life is like when I started my first job, in a uh, professional job. Uh, it was five years after I uh, I came to the country. Uh that changed. And here's some of the interesting. So I I now spent time talking with people who were interesting uh, and who had lives and families and so forth. And they bored the heck out of me because they constantly talked about real estate. (laughs) You understand? I couldn't relate to that because I knew I wouldn't buy a house, right? Yeah. Because I had to go back. Right. Uh, So, so even though I, I sort of tried to fit in, but I always knew I wouldn't be living here for the rest of my life. So that makes you an insider, but also an outsider. Yeah.
0: I remember you talking about how your first visit to the suburbs, you caught a little glimpse of upper class America, and you thought this is pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> then you climb the corporate ladder. You're playing Pebble Beach. You're, you have all the uh, accoutrements of American lifestyle. But again, this is so common to all of us. There's pangs of emptiness. Something's missing. Yeah. Explain
1: that. Well, and and. So so fundamentally what was missing you know it went, uh, over the years after the 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 Berlin Wall came down uh East Germany ceased to exist and then the Soviet Union fell apart uh and the internet came out I started you know looking at some at doing some research what happened there what happened and I realized that my entire the foundation to my life was a lie so I said okay well that's no what do you do next well now now I embraced uh, the American way of life, and and there's a there's a word that describes a lot of it. It's consumerism. Exactly. You know, I got married. I had a wife, and I, wh- as much as I could earn, I would like uh, spoil my kids, spoil my wife. That was th- was my focus. But here's the thing: then my daughter, who I loved dearly, and I still do, but she she moved out of the house and my son moved out and all of a sudden I didn't really, there, there was nothing left. Yeah. And I'd, there was no more relationship with somebody who was important to me. It, and it, it has a lot to do, with, uh, to do with the fact that whether I knew this or not, uh, I was always looking for love in my life. Yeah. And it, I was able to give it at least to, to my children. Uh, I had never really received it and uh and and that 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 created a huge hole when when I all felt that I was almost alone. the kids were gone, and
0: yeah, now skeptics will say, "Well, yeah, you know, you were lonely, and then religion came a crutch, but but you're right, we fill the void with love mm-hmm. and kids and career, and when it starts to go down, all of a
1: sudden there there are those pangs, so it's not a crutch, it's not a crutch i was I was depressed. I didn't feel good about life, I was I, I was looking for something, I didn't know what I was looking for, but I was entirely functional and still successful. Yeah. You know, I I wasn't like down in the gutter. Right, exactly. I had an I had an emotional uh uh spiritual crisis. Right.
0: So how does your faith journey begin? What what were the first steps?
1: Well, the the, the very first step was the depression in the uh, and and I really, I mean, I I wrote a poem how I felt. Beautiful and, poem. And, and it's called loneliness. and It's beautiful. the only poem I ever wrote uh, in my uh, life. My daughter's
0: a poet, and I sent it to her in Nashville. It is beautiful. Well, th-
1: thank you. Uh, and and if I didn't write that down for me, it would be hard for me to, nowadays to uh, understand how how what a crisis I was in. Because I wrote it down for me. And then uh, what happened is that at that very moment, uh, uh, God sort of introduced himself, you know, and he sent a messenger, an ambassador, <laughs> and I hired her. And uh, she uh, was an interesting, unusual individual in that uh, during the interview process, she aggressively pointed out that she was a believing Christian. And if if that doesn't work for your company, then I can't work here. And that was in Princeton, New Jersey.
0: And you really thought nothing would come out of that because you had worked with Christians and you thought, well, at least they're honest people, but yes. God had other things in mind.
1: Yes, I, you know, I, I had come to the conclusion that uh, at that point, I sort of called myself an agnostic, but, but I had enough experience to, 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 to uh, have an understanding that Christians, if they uh, live their faith, are good workers. Well, that was important to me. So, well, she was quite aggressive, but it didn't matter. She was she interviewed so well that uh, it wasn't just me. It was uh, colleagues and, and HR. They all said, you know, we'd take her. She had a great uh, resume as well.
0: And I, I think it's critical because every one of our testimonies has another individual involved. And, again, it's just Ephesians 4 where, God has given us evangelists, pastors, teachers, but but we as sheep go out and do the work of the ministry. We share the gospel. So uh, you then began an intellectual journey. You began to read C.S. Lewis, Mm -hmm. Lee Strobel, Ravi Zacharias, but intellectualism isn't enough. We have to go 18 inches from the head to the heart. Explain how that
1: happened. Well... uh when when I after I've read a number of books, the the ones the authors you just mentioned and I listened to a Ravi uh, Zachariah's radio program, I became a deist. That's not the same a little as, closer, yeah. It's not the same as a believer in Jesus. but I I was convinced that there, there had to be a God. Who that was and whether that has a meaning to me personally, that's a different story but but uh the i think the critical moment was when uh the lady that i was talking about uh, Shauna, who is now actually my wife um invited me to her church and that was a scary thing i literally i was i was afraid to walk in there because i had no idea what to expect and uh it so happened that uh the pastor uh, he he uh, gave a beautiful sermon entitled "The Love of God." I mean, it's as if it was done for me, because I was looking for that, for that one thing that I I had missed out on in life—love—and uh, it was it was it was strong enough and appealing enough, and and also authentic enough in its delivery for me to go back, and again, and again, and uh, within a few weeks, I found a spiritual home, and then, and I don't know if it happens to everybody, but there's a moment in life where somehow you know that God is, and God is Christ, yeah. uh, and I had that moment <laughs> on a golf course. Amazing. <laughs> And and the next, the following uh, Sunday, I actually, th- that church didn't have an altar call, but I went up there and, and said, and the pastor said, well, what can I do for you? I said, I want to give my life to Jesus. And the rest of it, I can only remember because Shauna was there. I was out of it. I, I can't, re- she just told me what happened.
0: And then something really unexpected happened. you well won- up marrying that yeah. assistant.
1: Well, <laughs> yes, I uh uh you know she she worked for me. I had no business uh, pursuing her, but we got really close because she was my personal assistant. She, we were constantly in each other's space. And because we uh uh we also talked a lot about the faith. I mean, we we did what I what we now call jokingly undercover Bible study. We we did Bible study in in the office, but before the day started, because she was in Bible school. And, you know, I read the Bible, and I had a lot of questions. The Bible is not a simple book. Uh, and so we grew closer, uh, but it took a long time. It uh, took about a year and a half before I had the, the courage to ask her, and she actually said yes. A wonderful
0: story. So, Jack, um, give us uh, some final closing remarks. Now, pretty much full time, you promote your book, you travel, you speak. Um, what's the heart behind what you're trying to do as you now tell a very improbable story?
1: You know, I I started out my life after uh studying the sciences, chemistry. Uh I was put on the world stage, sort of. You know, I, I was my my task was to collect political intelligence. I studied the dynamics in the world between the East and the West, the Cold War, and so forth. And uh, you know, once you're in it, you can, you can never, you can never get out of it. And um, what bothers me today is that we seem to be losing, as mankind, we seem to be losing our soul. And it's not just the Old East, uh, it's not just, uh, you know, the, the atheism that's taking o- over vast uh, sections of Europe. You know, I've been back in Germany, uh, good churches are in some sections of the country hard to find, but it's also in the United States, we're losing ourselves, and, I th- and the danger that I see here is that, that, that we are uh, falling prey to the lure of the enemy. That will make our life here miserable, and it will make it impossible uh, f- for salvation to ha- to happen.
0: Yeah, the astonishing thing is you are growing up and getting no religious education, and now that is standard fare in America. Unless you send your kid to a private school or a church school, right. Uh, right. God is basically off the campus, and we're starting to see right. what that looks like with mass shootings and yeah. things of that nature. So, Jack, it's been a pleasure to have you Uh, fantastic story, and we pray God's blessing wherever you share it. Thank you, and amen.